What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. It has been an interesting week. Uh, our last podcast was it the last episode where we where we had True Love uh, is as a guest? Yeah, yeah, last podcast, and it uh, it's been yeah. very super active on the Reddit as well. Yeah, and I mean, I am taking time to digest the comments. I think these are the longest comments and most thoughtful comments we've ever seen on a thread. So that's yeah. cool. Uh, just a heads up that we will be recording a podcast this weekend with someone from the LGBTQ community who's a quite a vocal uh, uh, activist. So. Like what we always try and uh, try and do is to have a balanced uh, debate about any polarizing topic. So yeah. we recognize we are not from the community. We spoke to True Lovers and we only feel we feel it's only fair to bring someone from the community and potentially someone from another church who has a different approach to LGBTQ issues. So we are sorting the details out of, for that. Um, if you have any contacts that you would like to share, please just DM us on Instagram. Yeah, or even just your thoughts. Uh, just uh, I see a lot of people creating burner accounts on Reddit just so they can comment and, it? and score us on our Reddit, uh, which, which is, which is how nice. You, how you do it? How you do it? Burner accounts. Some They say uh, that I, I created this account just so I could leave this comment here. <laughs> is it? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a lot of effort for, for older people to do such things, so I commend that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Reddit should, should give us a, a cut. Yeah. We're helping build the communities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 500 strong. But yeah, we're... Yeah, we we just passed five hundred plus uh, five hundred plus members on uh, Yalabad subreddit, which is fucking awesome because to to know that they've actively kind of subscribed to the Reddit is great, la. Yeah. Um. So thank you all for that. And, and, and shout out also um, to the guests, uh, Pastor Norman and Tao Chen, from the last podcast because they are on the Reddit, um, answering yeah. <laughs> people right now. So if you really have something to say, please go and put your comment there because there's there. I think I hope they still be looking at the Reddit. Every now and then, it's uh. like a it's like a true love is AMA uh. We created the <laughs> fucking AMA, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, just just be as honest and as directed and as blunt and just ask them anything you want because I think they are keen to respond. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, and if you are listening to this podcast and if you feel it's useful in any way or you think that we we're doing something good here and would like to share it with someone, please go ahead. That helps a lot. I think right now we're still at number five. At the Spotify, on the Spotify Top 100 podcast charts, which is fucking awesome. Mm. Uh, we are neck and neck with Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah, correct. Michelle Obama, right. And it's so and interesting because it just so happens that today we're talking yeah. about... <laughs> yeah. Politics. U.S. politics, specifically. U.S. politics, yeah, correct. U.S. politics. So, yeah. so what exactly are we talking about, Terrence? Uh, I think more specifically, we're talking about the announcement of the first ever uh, black slash Asian American... Uh, vice presidential or, or presidential ticket uh, nominee uh, in US mm. history and it, it turns out mm. it's a, it's, she's a woman as well and um, mm. her name is Kamala Harris and she will Kamala be Kamala Harris yeah she'll be partnering Joe Biden as the Democratic Party's vice presidential nominee uh, against uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence in the November 2020 US elections uh. yeah. so so the reason, I mean, I was admittedly thinking when, when Terrence first suggested this topic, I was like, you know, the US political uh, landscape is so detailed, it's so crazy. Yeah, like, is this something that, that is relevant to, to our country? Uh, mm. and, and Terrence brought up a few good points. La. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of which is, I mean, this is a big, is a big shout out to Harish and uh, other people out there. She's actually has a, she's from Indian ethnicity. She has an Indian ethnicity dad, I think, or mother. And then her mm. her dad is from Jamaica, 
So that's why she so has why to... Must, why, must, why must give me a shout-out just because I'm Indian, is it? Yeah, of course. That's right. <laughs> I mean, she's Asian-American. All of us should be proud. We're all Asians or so, you know? We all should be so proud. So I guess that's, that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about. Like, uh, okay, she's half Indian, half Jamaican. And mm. I know in India, I think there's some there's some celebrations about how, okay, she's she's going to be a politician. But um, yeah, so, so when you first saw this, what was your initial thoughts? Uh, I mean, I thought it's like, wow, like, this whole summer, you know, we've seen America erupt in violent protests because of George Floyd and then Black Lives Matter. And, um, mm. and now, yeah, this is like the, it could be the culmination of all that lah, where uh, there's an actual female black slash Asian American uh, vice presidential nominee for the first time in US history. Yeah. And then partnering with, you know, an old school, like uh, very... I mean, you, I mean, you look at him; he's like an old white granddad, like right, Joe Biden. Yeah. So, so it, it shows like you know times are moving and progressing, and and people are seeing maybe the only way to fight someone like Trump is to really embrace the, um, you know, embrace uh more progressive ideas, lah. Although, although, okay, yeah. that that's also a very broad statement about who she is as a and her politics as a person, lah, right? Yeah, I mean, first, first of all, like when I was reading up about her on Wikipedia or like some article, uh, yeah. she said, yeah, like you know, she's fifty five, so she's not that young, but she's still two decades younger than Joe Biden. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Twenty years, you know. <laughs> Whereas you see ours, like our our Holy Singapore, shit. our Singapore government, like Vivian Balakrishnan, he's like he's same age as the designate PM, but he's still considered fourth generation, next generation. Man. Yeah, or like on his way out already. You know, yeah. Tarman is like re- thinking about retiring in Bali or Mauritius or something. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Lee Sen Long is very almost seventy and everything, and like he's got to retire." So no, but of course, guys, these guys are like seventy-seven and still running, man. No, but of course, north of the border, look at Martyr. Like he's forming a new party, and true, he's fucking ninety-five. And we had Tanjung Bok in nineteen twenty-five. No, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanjung Bok, well. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So I mean, that's one of the things, right? People keep saying Joe Biden is like sleepy, sleepy old Joe, sleepy Joe. Uh, like he can't <laughs> string a sentence together because he's like. Like almost like seems like he's got uh some mental capacity issues uh. so so it's, mm. how, it's I think it's like quite exciting eh, for young voters to see wow uh, the Democratic Party actually being like you know progressive and everything uh. So so what 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 made you so uh, impassioned about wanting to speak about Kamala Harris? Eh? Uh, I mean the one of the things is we just went through our elections in Singapore, right? And uh, mm. I mean, identity politics, unfortunately, came to be a very big part of the of the discussion uh, from the start to the, especially towards the end when with Raisha Khan and everything. So yeah. um, just seeing something like that happen in the US where, you know, they they suddenly announce a nominee that, I mean, not say out of left field, but it's definitely something, something new. La. I mean, considering how many years ago, Barack Obama became president of the US and then and then compared to now, where, where where stuff you know the country seems even more divided, uh, but yeah it just seems like a very big, a very big jump in in how politics is uh, how politics are in, is in America, but uh, so overall, the you're saying that yeah. it's more about her 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 ethnicity than her qualifications, is it? I mean, it's a big part lah. It's identity politics. Mm. I it's a much bigger part of the conversation in the US, I think, than in Singapore. Uh, I yeah. mean, Black Lives Matter and everything, but but, uh, yeah, like, It's like you know, in Singapore, we still say we're not ready for a Chinese PM, uh, non-Chinese PM. Sorry, we're not ready for non-Chinese PM. Everything, but America is like, 
you know, we're ready for a, a black uh, Asian American female vice presidential nominee. And there's a lot of discussions yeah. that, that she might be... The reason this is also quite significant because she's actually someone who could potentially take over as president one day. Because... Oh, if Joe Biden... Yeah, because Joe Biden is <laughs> Joe Biden is very old and he's he, he himself apparently has acknowledged that he's more of a transitional uh, character in the whole Democratic Party as well. A transitional yeah. figure hit. And uh, I mean, he's like 77 years old this year. So... By the next election, he'll really be 81. Nah. And if if he wins this one, he'll be the oldest president in US history. Nah. So so it is yeah. it is quite a it is quite a big deal. And and that's why you might be looking at yeah, lah, the next president, one of the future presidents of the US in the vice president seat also. So it's but, quite, but a, she's quite also, a big thing. Yeah. She's also had a fair share of criticisms, lah, right? Uh I think a few, but well, what do you what do you read about, right? Eh? Um, so one thing I know is that she seemed to be a very hardliner on on crime and increasing police resources and and a focus on uh yeah just just very hard on crime la, which mm. I think some detractors have pointed out that in this current climate is it someone you want to have in in power in like in such a high position because you know now it's all about defunding the police and all that and to mm. clarify defunding the police I came to realize after is that it's not so much about taking the money and totally breaking up the, the police. It's more about just um, keeping them in check. La. So I think that itself was a term that caused a lot of discussion, but essentially it's to reduce the the arming of police. So so there was a big movement there. I think there's still a big movement. So to get someone like Kamala Harris, who's very hardline on crime, mm. I think there's some criticism there. La. Mm. And I think, right. yeah, because she's a trained prosecutor, so I yeah. think I believe she was district attorney in San Francisco and also uh attorney general of the state of California later. And yeah. in both instances she was she wasn't very hard on police whenever there were reports of pro- police brutality and things like that. Lah. So so she's mm. been criticized uh, in those inst- those instances of um I guess being a bit a bit of a hypocrite because she marched alongside Black Black Lives Matter protesters and things like that. When in actual fact, she actually, apparently she had a lot of power to effect change like, within the state of California itself. Uh. But I actually just want to ask you, uh, like, like, because you've studied and lived overseas in the US and all that, uh, what do you think, how do you think people on the ground would be responding to news like this? Uh? Uh, I mean, okay, so the, the caveat is uh, just like we are far removed from the area and and I'm just basing this on my four years there. So mm. when you say people on the ground, you mean like people of like Indian heritage or people in general? Uh, in general, uh, Americans and do and, and you think they give a shit about this? Maybe they don't give a shit or something well, yeah, yeah. and we're just call, we're they, just being excited for nothing? No, I think they, they definitely give a shit but I'm thinking that similar to um, I think just okay, just, just from the the optics of it, I think mm. the people who would be in support of Kamala Harris and all would be the people who also would be in support of candidates like Elizabeth Warren, AOC, the more the more progressive and left-leaning folk. Mm. Um, I know, so that's where, that's where it's a bit interesting because because she's such a hardliner on crime, because she vocally criti- criticizes India and even... Uh, um, China's stance uh, on human rights and treatment of Hong Kong, 
feels like okay, mm. there's some weight there. I think the the criticism towards people like AOC and all is that there's a lot of the the talk, but it's all like based on high level stuff, like So mm. so I think people would be excited uh, about her, but I also feel that she's not the most popular. She doesn't have the widespread mass appeal. Like she's not cool, like, You know, like cool, she, she's really. not cool. Yeah, I mean, like that, that's what people like AOC have done well, right? They mm. made they made they made themselves cool. Even Bernie Sanders, to a certain extent, is cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If if you think about it, like I mean, from Singapore, I think I've heard a lot more about Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, AOC than I have about Kamala Harris. Like Kamala Harris seems to be more like in the in the behind scenes. Um, and I think that's why you know she actually ran for the presidential presidential can as a presidential candidate last year, as and she dropped out for the for the dem- to represent the Democrats, all right. Yeah yeah, 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 and she dropped out. So yeah. I think the popularity issue for her is a uh, is an issue compared to someone who has has charismatic as Barack Obama and all that, mm. like. Because think about it, if I were to ask you, right? Do you know? Have you seen videos of of AOC and Elizabeth Warren like speaking and like sharing their thoughts, be it in Congress, Senate, videos, and all that? Have yeah, you? Ton, tons of them. Have you, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen much of Kamala Harris? Uh, no, man. Actually, this like to be honest, right? When I googled Kamala. You know what was the first thing that came up? No? There was a <laughs> WWE there was a WWE wrestler named Kamala last time and he just passed away like two or three days ago. So I mean I, I, I probably I probably Google a lot more re- wrestling uh than I do politics. So Kamala WWE <laughs> oh, came up first. And then I Oh then shit, I, he really did pass away. Yeah, he did pass, yeah, he passed away on National Day. So it was like oh, the shit. first thing that came out of my Google and I was like, oh shit, wrong Kamala. <laughs> But did you did you go down the rabbit hole of Kamala the wrestler before you got back on the Kamala Harris? Of course, train? of course. Then I realized, oh shit, he wrestled Hulk Hogan before in nineteen eighty six, you know, and, and stuff like that, lah. Stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I went down so that, then, that, that that train. So then as like a Singaporean ten thousand kilometers away from the US and with a, I would say like some some interest in politics and yeah. but not I'm not so sure about US politics. What's your overall take about Seeing oh shit, uh, uh, an a minority vice presidential candidate, and how do you think it, it would impact general sentiments in Singapore? Actually, mm. so do you think Singaporeans are, are care much about this? I mean, I would used to say, used to think no, but I think the recent elections, uh, showed me that yeah actually people do care about, about you know having the choices in a democracy and things like that lah. I mean, look at what happened in Sengkang the night of the election. Uh, actually, that really reminded me of like when Barack Obama won the U.S. presidency in two thousand eight. Because mm, I was actually working yeah. in the U.S. that year, you see, and I was watching yeah. the elections on TV with friends, and you could hear people on the streets like running down the streets and like being like you know, uh, throwing firecrackers and everything, being really happy lah. So so it was like it reminded me a lot of what was going on in Sengkang this past general election or so, when they voted in the Workers Party and and people just like fuck care. Uh, social distancing and just went on the streets and just like <laughs> partied the hell out lah. So so it's like yeah. I I think on the ground in the US they probably, I mean, I, hopefully somebody from the US tells us what how it feels also lah. But people were very happy lah when Obama won the uh, the election. So maybe for this one it's especially for for women and and ethnic minorities as well. It's it's a big. It's like a it's it's seen as something that. A big winner, a bit like Joseph Schooling winning the Olympic gold medal, kind of, kind of. Oh, serious? Uh? Yeah, I mean, because it's like it, it says it's possible uh, to be a woman and and a woman of 
a person of color and still have a chance to, you know, partner someone like Joe Biden, you know, a very established uh, old school kind of politician and run for the ticket, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I guess there is support and it feels like um, like Joe Biden, okay, Joe Biden, I'm also not really sure of what his political stance is on a lot of things. Mm-mm. Whereas Kamala Harris feels like, okay, you just read her profile, you read up about her, feels like she's got the legit chops. La. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether or not you agree or disagree, she's been in politics for a long fucking time. She's a prosecutor, which means that she's definitely... Uh, eloquent and articulate, and 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 um, some has some of the the characteristics you would expect to see in a politician, la. Whether yeah. that's that's good or bad, whether politicians can be nice people, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. So I think it's like just from my layman perspective, I think it's a good choice compared to everyone else. Because even Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, there was talk about them running beside yeah. Joe Biden, right? But I think they are already very polarizing. Whereas Kamala Harris. I don't know, like, I don't know about in the US, but it feels like the rest of the world, the like, just using my perspective as a as a way to extrapolate towards others. I think, like, I look at her, I've heard her name, her name yes. a lot. Um, The more I read, the more I realize, oh, she's quite a hardliner on many things. And it feels like, oh, shit, she seems legit. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good thing. And it feels like backing up Joe Biden, who... Generally, I don't feel much like, like he's a leader who can lead. Um, Yeah. I think it's a good choice. Do you feel, do you yeah, think it's like a bit more. I mean uh, equivalent would be like would you think it's like Raisha Khan getting to parliament? No lah, fuck. La. <laughs> why why what's so different? What's so different? Because Raisha Khan like she's still very new to politics. I think she represents the younger generation and I see her more as providing a voice as opposed to leading the way. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe in 10 years time, 20 years time maybe, but Kamala Harris has a Fuck ton of experience, man. Okay, so so the more equivalent we see is like Pritam Singh becoming leader of opposition. Like that, lah. Would you say? Uh, because it's a minority, you know, bucking the trend that, oh, you know, Singaporeans are not ready for a minority leader. But but this one is different, right? Because Kamala Harris could be a running mate. So she could be... It's almost like if... if uh, I don't know, like... Uh, if... I was going to say Lee Sien Lung picks like Tarman, but Tarman is really DPM. Mm. So I don't think there's an analogy for, for Singapore because the political system in Singapore is also a bit different. Right? As in a, the is. first past the post thing or some shit like that. I always get mixed up. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, one one thing I did uh, find quite interesting is that, I mean, to think about uh, that, if you think about Singapore politics versus US politics, is that US polit- uh, voting, right? I think it's, it's always what? How many percent of voters actually turn up? Like fifty percent or something like that, right? Some really, mm. no, really, really low number. So if you're asking like, how much can one, you know, person's ethnicity, you know, uh, shift the vote and stuff like that? Uh, the answer is a lot, lah. So and I think that's why, um, people say that Hillary Clinton, you know, she she did a very bad job in convincing black voters, uh, to come and and support the Democratic Party, lah. So yeah, um, I think the the drop was somewhere like six or seven percent of of black voters or something like that. Uh, there was the from two thousand from Obama's time to to Hillary Clinton trying to run. Uh. so mm. it's a uh, whereas in Singapore, you know, we are almost like what I don't know ninety ninety five percent, ninety six, ninety seven percent. Uh, it's compulsory to vote, and and everyone you get a free holiday to vote, and everyone is talking about it, and you you go to vote and you'll lose your rights as a voter if you miss this year's voting and stuff like that, right? 
So 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 mm. it's a it's a it's a much bigger difference when when talking about uh when when we say that uh, she she can energize people to go and vote nah. Because that actually makes a huge difference, uh. So so her ethnicity yeah. is not a, it's not it's probably probably plays a much bigger factor than it does in Singapore, uh, I would say. Yeah, but I guess the 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 thing is then, like unfortunately, I think for people who don't want to spend the time to read and dive deeper, I can see a lot of people thinking that this is just a political stunt. Like what you said, identity politics, right? Mm. In the same year that BLM like became such a like, important and like significant movement in the US and racial uh, politics was at the front and center of everything that was being discussed in the US, to, to choose a running mate like this, is it just for show? Sure, so yeah. I think that would be one challenge for them to, to, to deal with. Because... Like, like I said, once you dig deeper, you realize, okay, she's got a lot of legitimate experience, whether or not you agree with her. Mm. But to fight the assumption that, oh shit, this was just uh, uh, to to build on something that um, yeah, like, would favor them a lot more than the Republicans, like, for, for the more progressive uh, left-leaning uh, voters. Like, which, yeah. I mean, is in essence politics, like, right? That's what politics you do, right? You play your cards to appeal to the largest voter base and then you think about how to fix the country. Yeah, yeah. And I think the like you mentioned also that she also has some controversy because she, when she ran for the Democrat Democratic presidential ticket, she also uh, I mean criticized Joe Biden a lot lah for for yeah for uh, decisions he made as a senator, like um yeah. I think there was one on something called busing which I also had to look up to understand what it was but apparently because mm. uh, schools in the U.S. are segregated by uh, a lot of times by by your neighborhood and because it's segregated by neighborhood uh, it, was, it ends up being segregated by income as well and subsequently mm. because of segregation by income it also becomes almost like racial segregation uh. so you tend to yeah. see more more of the same uh, same race in each neighborhood even neighborhood schools and stuff like that uh. so i think mm. there was uh there was they were trying to pass a, an act or a law to to make it compulsory to Bus, it means uh, bus in um, students of other ethnic minorities into the neighborhood, into each neighborhood, which means that um, mm. let's say like a school that is in a predominantly white neighborhood would have a bus of like students from of ethnic minorities from outside the neighborhood to come in and study at the same school uh, and then to bus them out at the end of the day as well. So they wanted so in a in a way I think if I'm not wrong it's kind of a bit like our um, CMIO quotas for HDB or or whatever, the makeup of HDBs and stuff like that, where they want to enforce some kind of um, racial mixture within the school. And so mm. apparently, uh, she was uh, one of those students who was being bused into like, uh, you know, upper, more a higher class neighborhood and everything. Well, Joe Biden was a senator who spoke out against that that busing. So, so she, oh. she called him out saying that, you know, I was one of those beneficiaries of that of that lah. Whereas you were one of those opponents of which of this act, which was meant to help reduce uh, inequality between races uh. But in some way, in some way, it's it's nice to have differing views between running mates, right? Yeah, I think, and, and yeah, and probably Joe Biden is much more establishment than than she is lah. I mean, he's been around for forever. And 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 like, you think you so that is that's a feeling you get that he's more, much more establishment. As in, as in, uh, I think like, uh, you know, in Wall Street or whatever, they're much more comfortable with a Joe Biden than 
in a very you know a super progressive uh, Bernie Sanders or anything like that like, obviously because Bernie Sanders wants to tax the wealthy and all these things mm. whereas I think Joe Biden mm. is much more um, I mean he's they, they know who he is like, right? the better the devil you know than, than the one you don't like, right? He's, yeah. he's, he was there with Obama and everything so you kind of know him like. one thing is I think she's trying to kind of remove marijuana from the, the control uh, drugs thing right oh uh, is it really yeah, I thing. think so. I think so. Don't wow. don't quote me on that, but I think I think that so that's where that's one difference, like I guess, like the conservatives. So like when when I look on Twitter and all that, it feels like we've got conservatives siding with her. I think those are maybe the conservatives who have gotten sick of Trump. But yeah. you also get people saying that oh she's anti-abortion, she wants to legalize drugs and all that. So I think it's interesting to 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 just as a as a watcher of the reality show that is US politics i think it's interesting like because she can definitely fucking debate the the next thing i mean it, are there vice presidential debates no right it's just presidential debates right? no i think i think there are i think there are it's just that oh there are they, they, uh, now obviously because of coronavirus everything's going to be like virtual or social distance la, socially distanced yeah. so uh there probably will be just that it won't have as much fanfare as the big crowds and all that la. yeah yeah so so I guess I mean it still blows my mind that the US elections are happening this November because yeah. like the world is so consumed by everything else at hand. This just feels like oh fuck I can't imagine like it could be a fucking huge turning point and mm. um uh yeah like, it just feels like it's gonna come out of nowhere la. Yeah yeah and right. tr- Trump I think is is yeah, getting ready for getting ready all his insults and everything that he has for the two yeah, of them ready. His his last two retweets uh are just videos made that just shit on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. La. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- he's gearing up la, for sure. Because, I mean, well, right now, economy is in tatters. Coronavirus is, is destroying the country. He doesn't have much to cling on to other than to insult his his opponents. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fucking, his Twitter, his Twitter um, feed is uh, fucking entertaining. Because yeah? it's just memes and gifs and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's someone sharing a dancing video, a video where Kamala Harris is dancing. What the hell? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, so it's it's almost like you know, like compared to our our Reddit, which I'm very proud of. You know, the conversations are all very thoughtful and all. Trump's one is just a war of memes and gifs, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you gotta admit, like he he knows how to mobilize his his Trump army on Twitter, lah. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that he has 85 million followers. I thought he just had like 40 plus. Don't know, but, but he is he is a very, very very polarizing figure la, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting la. So so I mean I guess at the end of the discussion, it's just we were just trying to kind of like explain what Kamala Harris being uh sw- like chosen as Joe Biden's running mate meant for us, and hopefully it was it shed some light for you guys as well la. Yeah, yeah. Like Bro. enough enough for you to sound smart amongst your family members. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, uh, that's always our goal in life. Yeah, at the end of the day, the U.S. politics can be very, very messy, very, very complicated. But uh, what we like to focus on is like the personalities, as well as the you know the the PR or how they present themselves to the public, lah. That 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 kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what we're. Is that is that a is that a segue? (laughs) Oh yes, of course. (laughs) About presenting yourself to the public, right? Yeah, yeah. From this, from one super important topic. (laughs) <laughs> that will that, that will move world politics to another very super important politic uh issue that will move the world as well. Uh. Can you Yeah, move the move, world. Can you introduce this important topic to everyone? 
Yeah, so there was a there was a article that I saw. No, first of all, I saw on Google Trends mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and I was like, "Oh shit, Google Trends!" Um, uh, and it's a local. It's about a local influencer called Naomi Nyo, Not Naomi Yo, who is Benjamin King's fiance, but Naomi Nyo, who is one of the biggest influencers in Singapore, like, admittedly, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So she's she's very public about her life uh, and her kids and her family, and she's still very young. She's only twenty four. Yeah. Um, but the article that was written on Mothership was uh, talking about how she just bought her dream car, la, which is a Lamborghini Huracan. Yeah. Right. I think, um, I, think pro- I think you're butchering the pronunciation, but I'm just going to just not say anything just so that so you don't embarrass yourselves amongst all the car lovers and all that. Fuck you. La. Okay, that, you just saying that just, okay, just let me try, uh, let me try. embarrass me. Also. Is Hua- it a Huracan? I think it's Huracan. Huracan. It's Huracan. Huracan. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huracan. Is it Huracan? Oh, okay, like, it's yeah. H-U-R-A-C-A-N. What? what makes you think it's Huracan? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Just say Lamborghini, la, Lambo, la, Lambo. Easier, easier. Yeah, Lambo. So, so um, apparently that's been her dream car since she was 16. Mm. Um, and she made a video on YouTube about it just talking about going to pick it up with her family, her husband, her kids. So, okay, so this is also a few days after, uh, like two weeks after she announced that she's having her second kid, I believe. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, second child. Uh, that, uh, that and she hid her pregnancy for three months from her husband uh, as a surprise. So I'm, uh, I, yeah. So so that's her choice. Then so she made a video talking about the, getting the Lambo and uh, the first few first few minutes are uh, like just showing the process of unveiling the car and how it got a custom paint job. And she talks about how proud she is. And then she ends off by saying just like just in a in a quite a inspirational talk about how she's always had this dream and when she got her last car two years ago uh, which was a pretty pretty sick uh, Mercedes car uh, it was the biggest achievement of her life this is her another milestone in her life that she's very proud of and she wanted to encourage her followers to always have their dreams because they can yeah, don't give up and regardless of naysayers and haters and all just keep doing what you love and that's how she got it and she did also clarify that both cars she bought without any money from her family her husband or anything and it was just her cold hard-earned cash Mm-mm-mm-mm. correct so yeah. what are your thoughts can I just put it out there that uh, yeah, like all of us are jealous all of us are talking yeah. about this because we are sour grapes and uh, sour grip, sour yeah. as fuck. And we all really wish that we had her life, lah. Uh, but that's it. Like, uh, really, uh, you wish you have her life, uh? No, I'm just saying, lah. But <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, okay, I wish okay. I had the car. But but that's it. I was just like, whoa, you know, like literally yesterday, there were some announcements of uh, in the last couple of days, like, after National Day, there were announcements of Singapore's economy like going to shit in the last quarter. <laughs> yeah. Chan Chun Singh came out looking very disheveled and sad, talking about how the last two, three years in our Singapore economy has been wiped out because of the of the last quarter. And, you know, SIA is having job cuts and, and everything. Then, then suddenly this, the gods descended <laughs> upon us and gave us Naminio's <laughs> first Lamborghini, which I thought was, wow, uh, don't know. Uh, it's just uh, the releasing of the video at this time a bit, a bit, wow. But okay, uh, I mean, if, if it's meant to inspire people, there's nothing you can say about it lah, other than people yeah. like me have sour grapes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thoughts also, okay, so she released it on August 8th. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think, like, I guess I respect her hustle uh, and her being able to buy that. I do feel that, wow, okay, right, releasing, it, releasing it this time, 
uh, maybe not the best idea, but I will fully admit that she released it on her own channel and I have every... Uh, I've not been forced to watch it or, or uh, anything like So, totally uh, kudos to her for wanting to upload this and uploading this. But I guess a few questions in my mind. Uh, like, um, she's been doing social media and influencing for like, what, seven, eight years? Yeah. And I mean, this car... This car is not cheap. Even if you get it secondhand, it's like, what, 500k? If you're brand new, it's like mm. 800 to 1 million. Then yeah. I'm thinking, what the fuck have we been doing wrong, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what? You, it shows you that... Like, that what the fuck? Even in the influencer world, like, you know, you and I can be sitting in a room with uh, Tian Hao, with Naomi Nyo, with Xiaoxie, all of them. We can be sitting all in the same room and people broadly referring to all of us as influencers. But even in that world, there's like, so much disparity between the top and the and the bottom like or the failing channels are like, right that that you know yeah. it's you can see maybe it just really is a matter of like the top twenty percent you know capturing eighty percent of the market la. and that's why it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a reflection of our values as a society also la, where where that you know you, you I mean it's a meritocratic society and and that that's what happens la. you know the the people at the top get them get the most and the people at the bottom. Uh, you know, we we do podcasts. Uh. <laughs> the failing, the people yeah, we, who are failing, uh, the people who yeah. are failing. We do podcasts <laughs> and talk about the people at the top. Yeah. No, but okay. So, so one thing that um, I I I did wonder when watching the video is that okay? She says she hasn't. Uh, she bought both cars with her own money. Uh, and everything she has earned, uh, which yeah. I totally respect. But there was one article that I read. Uh, I think a few months ago or last year and I can't remember who wrote it or what the article was about. I'll find it and I'll put it in the Reddit. But essentially, it was from a Fortune 500 uh, a female CEO who just wrote her own op-ed saying that she was sick about how interviews were always portraying her and asking her the questions because she's a Fortune 500 uh, CEO. She's a mother of four kids mm. and she seems to strike the perfect balance of like work and life. La. So. Yeah. Yeah. Why she wrote that opinion piece was because she said she's sick of how the media always uses her as an example of being able to do everything. You know, woman, CEO, family of four, but they never ask her the questions about how the fuck she does it. So in that op-ed, she kind of talked about how her husband has, um, I think his career has taken kind of a backseat to to do more of the looking after kids. She has a very strong network of uh, her family and her f- husband's family who take such a big load off her. Uh, she has a whole bunch of helpers and she said she's just uh, surprised that the interviewers never ask her about this because she feels it's unfair that she is portrayed as someone who can do it all when she has thankfully a lot of resources that help her do that. La. So you're you know? saying so Naminio just... needs to be more humble, is it? That's what you're saying? No, eh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying like I, 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 I appreciate her clarifying that... Um, that she, it's all her own hard-earned cash. But but one question that this does raise up to me is like, okay, it's your own hard-earned cash to buy the car, but everything else, like, uh, it'll be, I'm not saying that she has to give uh, the full lowdown on what to, uh, on on how she and her husband manage finances and, uh, and her family, but just to play devil's advocate, let's say, let's say that her, the way they expand stuff like, yeah, there's other stuff taken care of her mm-hmm. and she can buy this. La. As opposed to people who maybe want to buy this but they rather buy a house because they have to buy a house using their own money. So, again, I'm not saying she has to declare everything. She has every right. But I do feel that that was just a question that raised in my mind. La, because I think 
like what you say is is a combination of everything. Like right now, being the situation being shit for a fuck ton of people in different industries, uh, and then this comes out, and is it kind of like painting a different picture? Which which you know, in the past, I've also seen NOC make videos like their three million dollar office, their two million dollar house, and I always feel like fuck, does it have to be that? that kind of like, oh, this is what we have achieved and all that. Mm. So that always rouse me the wrong way. Then all I can say is you're a fucking hater. That's all. I'm a hater. <laughs> la, I'm a hater. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. am a hater. I'm also a hater. La, but but yeah, la, to me it was like, um, it, it, I, in some ways, inspiring in that yeah, la, you work for your dreams and everything. But also, yeah, la, just in terms of like, one thing, you know, encouraging your young viewers to treat, you know, buying a Lamborghini as the ultimate milestone in your life also is like, yeah, it wasn't, it's not the best thing going forward. Lah. And then the other question is also like, you know, especially when flaunting, it, we, we, you know, we've seen cases where even not even young people like boomers, like those people who, who used to own the, there, there was this couple that owned a roast duck franchise in Singapore. And then they ended up mm. selling it for like a few million dollars to to a tech company a few years ago. And because they were so open about how much they were valuing their secret recipe and everything, I think the the tax department started going after them. And then uh, subsequently mm. they got caught for tax evasion. And I'm not sure if they're still in jail right now, but they they were sentenced to jail for a couple of years. Uh. So, so it's yeah. like, you know, it's never a good thing to flaunt so much of your of your wealth uh, publicly as well. But maybe, maybe, okay, maybe Naomi Neo has had a chat with her, her, her accountant and she's like, so how can I release this video about the Lamborghini? Then he, let me watch <laughs> it. Then he's like, mm, Ken, okay, I went through the numbers already. It's okay. Like, the IRS won't be able to find anything. It's okay. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, when you buy, yeah, like, when you buy such a huge Lamborghini and make it so public and it, and it goes on mothership and everything, basically it's inviting scrutiny, lah, right? Yeah, I mean, like, even the, the scrutiny aside, I guess being a public figure, you kind of accept that you will be under scrutiny uh, to, mm-hmm. to a different extent. Um, I guess for me, it's like, like, you know, I think, yes, like uh, like what you said, Chan Chun Singh came out and pointed out the economy is shit. And I mean, we've seen it firsthand. Uh, like, we've been affected a lot by it. And I think, I don't know, the feeling I get is that, you know how we're always saying, oh, the world is going through uh, a shitstorm now and all that. But it really feels like it's, it's not the world is going through. Some people are doing better than ever before. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they shouldn't share their successes or they shouldn't be stopped from enjoying the successes. But I don't know, it's just the perception of it. Uh, because there, it almost feels like previously everyone was going like uh, between 20 to 30, 20 to 50 kilometers on this highway. It was crowded, the cars were there. And now like 80% of the cars are going at 4 kilometers an hour and 20% are going at like 100 kilometers an hour. And the perception is still that the whole world is going through shit. Which... I don't know. It's it's just it's just a uh, interesting to see like, and and the next few months are going to be worse, and they're going to people who are going to get fucked. But at the same time, there are people who are doing very well. Like. So, so I I don't know I don't know whether there's a solution to that, but that's just a, a sentiment that I've been feeling like. So what's the difference between someone like Casey Neistat, you know, talking about renting, uh, you know, doing a video about his Tesla and everything, versus Naomi Neo doing a video about you know that she bought a, a Lamborghini. When did when did Casey Neistat do his video about Tesla? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but like, I I just recently watched a video where he was basically went through the whole process of like how he uses his Tesla and then he char- how he charges it and stuff like that lah, and drives it, oh, like, it across the country and all these things. Yeah, so 
I, I wouldn't say it's a it's a, a personal uh issue with Naomi Nyo's video. I think it's totally fine she uploaded it. But it just made me think about the current situation a bit more uh and reflect lah, reflect. So I'm still reflecting lah. I don't know what the outcome of it is 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 about, but that was just what made me think like and the video with Casey Neistat and Tesla, I don't know when he did it. If he did it now, I guess because he's in a different country and a little more far removed, that's one thing. Mm. But yeah. So I, I I guess to me they're not the same. Lah. So if you were let's say you were able to buy a uh, Lamborghini one day, would you make a video about yeah. it also? Yeah, fuck yes, man. <laughs> that means you're just a fucking hater, lah. You only just jealous. Yeah, I'm a hater, la. <laughs> Fucking yeah. No, actually I wouldn't, man, because like I mean, her her Lamborghini is quite distinctly uh, painted, mm. so it just feels like yeah, like I don't know. I I while I love uh, media and entertainment and creating content, I also value the fact that if I want to withdraw from it, uh, either because uh, I can or because no one gives a shit about us as a failing channel, I like that balance, lah. Mm. And I don't think I can ever be someone who is like that public as like Naomi Nyo. Yeah, we can. I mean, I guess we call we can all dream, lah. One day. Maybe Yalabad has a Lamborghini, you know, a Lamborghini <laughs> with Yalabad emblazoned across it. Just drive down yeah, the road. Yeah, we record our podcast <laughs> like as we both drive in our Lamborghinis. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be, there'll be. Yeah, no, no, actually Tesla better. Then it's auto drive. Then you can, you don't need to be, you know, be so alert and you know, all that. Then you can record podcast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but so it's just, la. yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, we just put this so, out there so, as an inspirational, aspirational um topic for everyone to listen to yeah that that if you don't drive a lamborghini it's fine you know you're still you're still you can still be successful maybe like a ferrari or a porsche you know because oh, everything in life is defined by material uh, objects right yeah i mean worst case scenario you just be at home in your bedroom you know recording remote recording podcasts, podcasts. <laughs> Worst case scenario, <laughs> la, Worst case. <laughs> worst case. You can't get worse than this. No, actually, yeah. it can. Uh, we might have be having to record it on our phones or something, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Wow, this true. is getting like so, so deep and dark, yeah. Yeah, but that's on that note, right? Perfect time. Yeah. What? Sorry. No, no, no. Before the before we go into the one show thing, I just wanna uh. so like uh the we've been getting so many comments on Reddit and like I know like I personally take long to respond, but I just hope anyone who posts and don't hear from I think Terrence is a lot faster at responding. I I take a while to respond because I I like to digest and um just think about shit. Not to say that Terrence doesn't digest. Like yeah, you fucker. I was about to say I think a lot slower. <laughs> Chani, like, you, see, you think <laughs> I don't digest? I also it's just that I care more about people. No. I care more yeah, about people. No. Exactly, exactly. I'm not dragging Terrence down. He's he's yeah. great and all that shit. Yeah. I just take a while longer to respond. Like. And I really do appreciate that people are creating fan art and all that stuff. And yeah, like we we, 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 we want to do something with that. So please continue to post, continue to share. We will uh, respond. But one thing that I saw come up was about how like we swear a lot, uh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Someone commented that <laughs> so, they can't listen to our podcast in front of their kids and, and then the wife was a bit turned off by the swearing on a podcast or so. Uh. Oh, is it so? How what, what what do you think of that? Uh? It's your fault, lah. Uh. It's entirely <laughs> your fault. Uh. There are comments people saying I barely they barely even hear me swearing. It's all you, and uh, and I will tend to agree. It's all you. Okay, <laughs> I I I agree that is a lot of it uh, of me. But uh, like, so so that's where I mean, like I never wanted to be the case that it's a forced censorship. If over the past next few months or next few weeks I organically swear less, then sure. But um, while I appreciate the feedback, I think sometimes it, when I get emotional or passionate about some stuff, those things do come out. Uh, 
and I would never want to force myself to curb that. Yeah. If it happens over time, gradually, then yeah, maybe, maybe. No, uh, but but I, I was so, just I was just kidding lah. In the sense that there are also a lot of people who came forward and said that, uh, you know, they are listeners because we, it really feels like two people just having a chat and not yeah worrying about the audience or demographic or that. Of of course. It'd be great if uh yeah like kids can also learn something, but at the same time I understand yeah. if if they think that they don't want the kids to be learning Singlish or or you know uh learning about other bad influences uh, you know things like that lah. So yeah, that's why we have so, an explicit so rating on our podcast, alright. Yeah, we do, and I mean I think it is very important to both of us to keep the conversations like we really focus on what we talk about rather than how we express our thoughts. Mm. So that will always be secondary. Like, and if at this point, it's something that doesn't appeal to as many people as possible, then I'm actually fine with it. And I think you are too, right, Terrence? Yeah. And I I think because I mean, this platform is is meant to be, it's not meant to be regulated. It's not meant to, for people to self-censor. And it's really meant for, for people with different interests to find, I mean, podcasters with different interests and listeners with different interests to find each other. La. And that's the beauty of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. you, you probably can find a healthy middle ground and, and you don't need to worry about pandering to, I don't say pandering, I don't like that word. You don't need to worry about yeah. uh, making sure everyone can listen to your podcast, la, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's how we've always made our videos on, on YouTube as well. We never became the, we were never the biggest channel and we knew that if we wanted to become the biggest channel, we would have made very different videos. Like, but yeah. we always made videos that are authentic to who we are uh, and at that point in time, and if the content changes, uh, if I swear less and all that, it has to be organic. Like. Mm. Uh, we will never force ourselves to change. And yeah, if the, at this point, it kind of prevents you from sharing our podcast with your parents, then yeah, uh, then... I guess that has to be the case for now. We still hope you would listen. Yeah. Um, and maybe when there's some technology that comes out that Spotify has like, you click and then it automatically changes fuck to fish or something like that. <laughs> Even though I would fucking hate that if that's an option. I don't know. I don't know. We, we can see. But for now, this is going to be how we're going to carry on doing the podcast. Yeah. And we hope you can understand. Because you see, if we really started thinking about uh, trying to get, allow, you know, make, not make it non-explicit so that kids can listen to it. It also means that a lot of topics that we talk about, we actually have to, we have to self-censor or curb. Uh. Say for example, our last, yeah. our very last podcast, which I think was quite well received by both sides of the aisle, uh, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because it ultimately talks about sexuality and, and true love dot is, which is, I think is a, a bit more of a mature topic to talk about, uh, right? Um, mm-hmm. So regardless of vulgarities, I wouldn't want kids to be listening to that uh, until I, un- unless they, you feel as a parent, you feel that they're ready for it, lah, right? So, so mm. I would say also, yeah, the topics itself uh, lend itself to uh, you need to be comfortable with the fact that there will be, you know, heavy topics, adult topics, and vulgarities, I guess. Or you, or you could take the approach of one of my close friends who has been a very active listener for his, for our podcast and just had a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. and if he's listening to this, he'll know who he is. And he said, when he said he he plays our podcast on speaker, and his son is uh super familiar with my my voice. I said, hey, but what about we swear? He's like, yeah, his son is gonna be exposed to it at some point. So mm. why not get him started on it early? And yeah. I really respect that, man. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're gonna be talking about politics. Imagine your son yeah. in school. He's like, you know that yeah, fucking Joe Biden, exactly. huh? Well, he'll be the smartest kid in class, regardless of the vulgarities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, yeah, it'll help your kid stand out and be cool and like be a leader amongst his classmates. Yeah. So so let them listen to us swear. Let them listen to us use these words in constructive 
uh, arguments, you know? Yep, like, yep, rather yep. than just say, like, oh, fuck, this Mee Goreng tastes like shit. There's no point in that. You can just say this Mee Goreng tastes like shit. But if like, fuck, man, you know, universal basic income is flawed in this reason, that reason, and that reason, and I and I believe in a more progressive society because the system fucks everyone. Uh, How yeah. badass is that? How yep. badass is that? Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, when it comes to your turn, then then you see whether you want to do that. For your kid, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you don't talk so much now. Uh. You fucking hater, <laughs> hater you. Okay, so so now that that's off off my chest, we can mm. move into the one shock thing. And yeah. would you would you like to start? Yeah, actually, it was uh my one shock thing this week is uh bring back old school favorite lah. Everyone's favorite OG vlogger YouTuber Casey Neistat. Um, he doesn't mm. release as many videos now. But when he releases his videos, again, every time I watch it, it brings us back to a more innocent time of YouTube like when the algorithm wasn't all about ad spend and, and watch time and, and Spider-Man, Elsa and nonsense like that. Like. So, mm. I mean, it's just very good content. Um, so his latest video that he did was about him driving his Tesla to go and meet his uh, 22-year-old son from his uh, previous marriage, Owen. So, so for mm. context, Casey Neistat is 38 years old. Um, he had an earlier marriage where, where they had a kid and the son is now 22 years old. So we're talking about a 16-year yeah. difference between father and son, which is like, I mean, I've seen couples that where the, the guy is like 16 years old older than the girl and it's like totally normal. But this guy is like father and son. and So yeah, Casey Neistat spends this video talking a little bit about grappling with parenthood and and how he figures in 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 quotes uh, a grown grown ass man's life like how he figures in this grown ass man's life and uh, i just thought it was quite a uh, thoughtful video very small very small nugget of wisdom but every time casey nice that you know he takes a nugget of wisdom and expands it in the video it's just like very easy to watch and just 10 to 20 minutes it just flies by like that like. so if you if you miss the old school youtubing yeah that's a vlog to catch uh. Oh, okay, cool. When did you release it? I think yesterday or the day before. Yeah, very recently. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, my, my one show thing is something I came across about this one person who who moved to New York City in 2006. In 2013, she bought her first bike. She fell in love with cycling. And in 2017, she biked every block of Brooklyn, New York Uh, in three years. Mm. And she created uh, an Instagram account that Basically, yeah, every every road in Brooklyn, um, she covered and she took very interesting photos of every block she passed on the way. And she just started an Instagram account. And I guess why I thought this was super cool was because back when I was running a lot and preparing for the ultra marathon I did in Iceland in 2013, it did occur to me the thought of raising funds for for some sort of charity or cause or for the trip by literally running on every kilometer of road in Singapore. Lah. And at that point in time, I think I calculated there were 4,050 kilometers of road in Singapore, including expressways and and uh, uh, all the minor roads and all that. Lah. And at that point, I think I was running about 150 kilometers a week to train. So I was thinking, shit, if this is a year-long thing, I could totally kind of like build some sort of thing where you can track how I'm running uh, and, and uh, real-time do it and take photos along the way and just fucking go to every corner of Singapore, literally. Uh, mm. I didn't get a chance to to do that. So when I saw this, I was like, hey, fuck, this is, this is kind of cool, man. Of course, it's biking, so it's not running. Mm. Um, 
So you can go more more distances over more time. But I just thought this was a this was a cool thing. And the Instagram account is called Bike by Bike B K B Y B I K E. Brooklyn by Brooklyn bike. Brooklyn by, by bike. bike. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn by bike. Maybe we can one up the yeah. challenge even more, lor. Like, ch- like we challenge you to buy a Lamborghini and then go to every block in Singapore <laughs> and take photos every block via like Lamborghini. Like one, SG, one day, SG one day. by Lambo. SG by Lambo. That's your SG Instagram by Lambo, <laughs> yeah. They want, they want one or two days Canada because Lambo is fucking fast, right? Just yeah. go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that you probably have to end up every other, every other day you got to go to the workshop to go and like get the, the scratches and everything all patched up because... No, know, then like along the way, I put a speaker, I put a speaker on the thing then everywhere I go, I'm like, fuck, Chibai, fuck shit, <laughs> God, fuck Nabe, bitch, fuck. Yeah, just, yeah. just like combine everything that we've been talking about. Uh. Yeah, yeah. SG <laughs> by Lambo, explicit content. SG by Lambo. SG by Lambo, yeah. yeah. Not, not for parents or kids. <laughs> Correct, that's great. Yeah, that's a and dream. Then, so before... Yeah, before we end off, like someone also gave a comment about having some sort of outro music, which to be honest, I have thought about as well. Uh, but but maybe it's something we like. What do you think? Uh? I mean, you know, no, I, I I did think about this a little bit, lah, and I thought, you know, everyone tells you when you die, you know, there's like your your soul will ascend to heaven. You see a light at the end of a tunnel and all that. But then uh. there's also the truth that I mean, not the truth, lah, but there's also the view <laughs> that sometimes it's just. A light, the light just switches off la. and then after that it's just unending unending darkness and, and silence forever so oh, in a sense fuck you la. know like rather than trick everybody into thinking that you know that you're gonna be it's all bits and roses and yeah good night everyone we'll see you again maybe just let <laughs> let you let you go and, yeah let you just continue and think about life a little bit in the, into the unending darkness and, and silence la. so that's our actually, little actually yeah right you know? As as dark as it sounds, I actually like that thought, uh, because yeah, like life is not a bit a bit of roses, guys. Yeah, and life never ends the way you want it to end. Yeah, you know we're not we're not I mean, you know, we are not fakafas. You know we're like yeah, you know like life tomorrow I'm gonna to drive my purple Lamborghini across every street in Singapore and take a photo. Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> and then, then the sound effects come on like the muttons, is, you know that kind of thing. Uh. so yeah, that's not us, like, You know we we are a bit more like hmm, life sucks. Yeah. Mm. Okay, let's think about it. <laughs> no lah, no need to be, life can be great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. as great as life is, it will always end, there's no slow process, whenever you hear a slow process of death, you know, someone's alive, 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 and then dead. Yeah. So, so, so I would still consider it, I would still play around with it, but I kind of like the approach that you just pointed out, which as sad as it sounds, right, is the reality of life, guys. Yeah, correct, correct. It just fades away right. into the darkness. No, it doesn't fade <laughs> away. It's like, talk, talk, talk. All right, peace. Boom, end. Boom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. Boom, la. end. And in fact, life is like that, right? Like every time you walk into a room, there you hang out with people. Then every time the leaving is always the most, uh, <laughs> the most awkward part. Like when you leave, like there's a feeling of sadness and there's a feeling of emptiness. There's a void. At least that's what I want to feel. La. That's what I think la, when 
when I leave a place. Oh, as opposed yeah. to like the moment you say you stand up to say bye, like with your friends, there's a music outro. It's like the Emmys, <laughs> you know, the Emmys yeah, and yeah, exactly. Academy Awards. The music comes. That's not life, guys. Yeah, yeah. Bye, bye. As you get to closer to our age, huh, there's no Lamborghini revving up, you know, as you're about to leave or anything like that. It's just silence. Yeah, that's right. And you just go yeah. out into the darkness. He's waiting for the bus. Yeah. He's waiting for the bus. Yeah, correct. Or the MRT breakdown. Or you, or you missed the last train already. That's the reality. Yeah, sorry. Reality. Yeah, sorry. You don't hear any music as the bus is driving away yeah. just as you almost caught up with it and then it leaves, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, but if anyone feels strongly, please let us know. Yep. Uh, if not, if not, shall we, shall we, shall we say goodbye? Yes, we should. You know, in the most, right, the most yalla way possible. Uh. Yeah, bye. Bye.